Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. Hope you all are doing exceptionally well. Um, today, we're going to be talking about something very important. Uh, we're going to be part two of our course or part two of what we talked about last week, um, how to enjoy your singleness. We're going to be talking about three key points and how we can better protect, enjoy, and bear the best fruits uh, from our singleness or from your singleness for those who are single. But for those who's watching me live, I want to say thank you so much for coming in. As you come in, make sure you go ahead and like all that good stuff and vibe with me and engage with me. But for those who are very new uh, and it's your first video, I hope as you watch this video, consider subscribing. I hope it's a blessing to you. I hope it aids you with your walk with God. And um, I'm just glad to have you um, joining me now. But for those who's been a subscriber of mine, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's been 12 years, two years, um, 20 days, two minutes ago that you've been a subscriber. I want to say thank you so much for being a part of my community here online, here on YouTube, or wherever you listen or watch, whether it's on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify. Want to say thank you all so much for being a part of my community online. But let's get right into my main thought. Let me get into the comment section first. Man, I got to greet the fam. Let me greet the fam real quick and see how everybody's doing. Uh, what's going on, Eva? Uh, hello, coach from Cleveland. Aries, hey, coach, is okay? Uh, okay, we'll get to that. Make sure you save that question so when I get to the Q&A portion, we'll be able to get that question for you. Hey, Kashir, Lattimore, what's going on? But let's get right into my main thought for today's uh, uh, lecture and like I said before, it's part two of the video from last week. And so today is going to be a little bit of a recap. We're going to recap um, um, some of the points that we shared last week, add some new points, and then really get into what God has uh, shared uh, with myself from his scriptures, supported by that, that, so we can help each other better enjoy uh, whatever season that God has us in. And so for those who's watching, I want to say thank you, like, comment, vibe with me, engage. But let's get right into my main thought. The main thought for today's video is similar or is the same as the main thought from last week. And it's this, in order to enjoy your singleness, you must enter and stay engaged in God's joy. Like I said last week, in order to enjoy your singleness, you must enter and stay engaged in God's joy. It says here that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And we talked about that our goal uh, for this two-part uh, in, in regards to this course is to learn how to guard our joy. And we talked about, you heard the song, the world um, can't, the world didn't give and the world can't take it away. So our goal is to learn better um, on, on how we can guard our joy from being manipulated, from being used, from being um, diluted, et cetera. But let's get right into the next um, slide here. And then we're going to get into some deeper points. And, and we're going to continue to recap real quickly. But we talked about last week that many singles are searching for their own path and are seeking for external pleasures outside of the presence of God. We talked about last week that many singles are searching for their own path, or many people are searching for their own path and are seeking for external pleasures outside of the presence of God. They want to be happy instead of joy. Last week we talked about how many people do not want to uh, grow in the presence of God. They don't want to uh, uh, rest in the presence of God, that they want to go their own path and try to figure out on their own self. They don't want to trust God's timing. They don't want to trust God's purposes. They want to keep their hands 10 and 2 on the will of their life. Some people 12 o'clock, 6 o'clock, no matter what, they want to keep their hands on the will of their life. 
But we know as believers that we're not going to be able to navigate such a toxic and, and divisive and, and, and evil world and with depression and sadness. It's better um, to be in a, the purest pr place where we can always sustain joy so that we'll be able to navigate this journey. And so many people are pursuing their own paths and they're pursuing their own external pleasures. And in doing so, they set themselves up to be depressed. They set themselves up to be disappointed. They set themselves up to be um, saddened. They set themselves up to walk in the low level emotions that we were never supposed to live in for a long period of time. But God is saying, come into my presence, spend time with me, get to know me. And in that, you will continue to stay full for your journey. We also talked about last week how um, God's presence is everywhere, but not everyone's tapped into that presence. That just because you are in the family of God or just because of whatever doesn't mean that you are in the presence. Being in God's presence means being mentally tapped into it. We gave the analogy about how some relationships are, that, that you can have a couple in the same room, but not in the same presence. That if a woman, a wife comes in the room of her husband and, it's, and the husband's mind is somewhere else, the husband's mind is in, 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 is in, in another presence and, and wishing to be in the presence of another woman, that he's not in his wife's presence. And when you're not in a person's presence, how can you serve? How can you grow? How can you develop the intimacy between the two? And the same is between God and us, is that God's presence is everywhere, but, but not everybody's mentally engaged, mentally tapped in. So many people are in the presence of God, but mentally somewhere else, or mentally wishing there was another presence. And God is saying, man, don't envy um, or don't desire another presence outside of me, because you'll be temporarily happy in that person's presence, but you won't have life-sustaining joy. And what most singles are going through right now, they want they want the presence of a relationship. They want the presence of their husband, the presence of their wife, the presence of a platform, the presence of, of accolades and success, right? They want the presence of, of a person that can promote them. But I thank God that the word of God says that promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. It comes from the Lord. And that's beneficial for me knowing that I don't have to try to run to be in someone else's presence and rush to be in a presence where God is not. Now, God is, don't get me wrong, but the sustaining presence of God won't be there in regards to endorsing, in regards to for, uh, um, um, sustaining you to do sin. In, to sustain you to do to operate in, in, in idolatry. And so what we have to understand is it's biblically true that it's in him that we live, move, and have our being, but it's also biblically factual that, that we um, can honor God with our lips, but our hearts are far from him. You see what I'm saying? And so when we balance and gain the and, and grab a hold of the full counsel of God, we'll be able to better self-assess to see where we are, to see, am I truly mentally tapped into God's presence? Am I a person that always acknowledge his presence? Am I focused and, 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 a, and a hunger and thirster after God's righteousness so that I will be filled, so that I can be full and be filled? And so that's what we have to really process is that, am I going my own path? Am I, um, is there going to be a work? Yes, it's the same worksheet from last week. I didn't want to send another email out. It's the same worksheet from last week. So, oh man, you're right. I didn't post the, the video. I'll make sure, just go to the last video of last week and you'll be able to download um, the same worksheet from last week. Um, my apologies for that. I thought that I did post the, the part two, but it's the same worksheet. And so we're basically just going over the same notes. I'm going, I'm recapping and then I'm gonna get to what I wasn't able to get to last week. 
But what we have to understand as believers is that we have to be content with God's presence alone and not desire another person's presence. I only want to be where God has presented me because in God's presence, there's presentation. When I'm in God's presence, then he'll present me to the next platform with where his presence is still there for me to operate, for me to have my fullness of joy, right? So where I'm able to be um, sustained and strengthened for that purpose. So many people are outside the will of God and still expecting God's endorsement, still expecting God to, now don't get me wrong, his grace will sustain you. We're not talking about grace for salvation. We're talking about grace for a specific assignment. So God's grace for your salvation, you can be, you can walk away. You can, you can do whatever. And what I mean, what I mean by do whatever, but if you are prodigal and you walk away and whatever, God's grace is, his goodness is so encompassing that, 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 that he could still draw you back to himself. So we're not talking about um, sanctification or salvation sustaining grace. We're talking about the endorsing grace of God for a specific assignment. And so many people are outside of God's will, expecting God to will them to fulfill what they want to do in that area. But we as believers have to grow into maturity where we're able to say, you know what? Do I really um, desire to be in God's presence? Am I content? Because that's where joy builds. That's what joy sustains. And then you will say, you know what? It doesn't matter who's getting married, how they're getting married. It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing career-wise, ministry-wise, relationship-wise. I'm content because I know this is where God has presented me and sent me. And now I know that he will sustain me here. So the problem is that many singles or people are searching for their own path and are seeking for external pleasures outside of the presence of God. What we have to understand about that is that uh, at his right hand are pleasures ever forevermore. That the closer that I am to him and, and endeavoring to get to know him and build an intimate relationship with him, right? Then I'm able to have true pleasure and true perspective that opens up these, these hidden doors of pleasures where we're able to enjoy the simple things, where we're able to enjoy the things that he has given us. Right now, we also talked about last week the difference, the differences or the difference between artificial and authentic joy. We said happiness is based on conditions and joy is not based on conditions. We said last week that happiness is based on what's present or not present. Joy is based on his presence alone. I love that. And we have to understand what that means. It says that that uh, or a person's uh, a, a, a person outside of God. And a, or a person who has an awareness of God doesn't care about conditions. They may like or desire better conditions, but they're not in such a dire need for those conditions. So for those who are pursuing happiness, they're saying, I will only be happy if I have these conditions in my life. I will only be happy if I have a wife, then I will be happy. Or I will be happy when I get my husband, then I'll be happy. Or I won't be happy until I get this job. That's that's a torturing way of living. We got to be people that says, God, I am glad that you are here with me in these conditions. That it doesn't matter that you may not have the roof that you desire, the car that you desire. We talked about last week, they, a million dollar roof and a, and a, and a $1,200 a month um, 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 home roof, is, it still keeps you from the rain. 
right? And someone says like a job. And I wanted to make sure I talk about a job is that God, I was talking with God today and, and we was vibing. And, and one thing that I got from my time with him is that many people right now are hurting from their lack of, from are hurting today due to yesterday's disobedience. Some people are kept today because of yesterday's obedience. Now, what does that mean? When it came to a job, I was I was talking to God and it was like it was what I got from it as I got into the river with him was that your job right now may not have been the job you wanted, but it was a job for this pandemic. So, so many people before the pandemic were upset with their job and whatever and and, and thought about quitting and, and thought about slipping and, and thought about whatever. But that job was a blessing because God knew that job would be an essential job and you would be able to work and you will be sustained. And so what we're saying is that no matter where you are, be content because you never know this place of contentment can be tomorrow's tent, can be tomorrow's covering. And so many people are, are were in the negative during this pandemic due to their disobedience, due to them saying, you know what, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to pursue my own path. I'm going to seek my own pleasures. And now they own un un unemployment and all these different, I'm going to sit there saying this is for everybody, but I know my God is a sustainer. I know my God is a keeper. I know my God will establish things that will ensure. Like for me, I am so thankful that even four or five years ago, God blessed me with the job in the school system, right? Because the YMCA that I used to work is still closed, still closed. And I don't know if they were, I don't know if the employees are still getting paid or not, but I know for a fact that even five years ago, God knew how can I set my son up so that when he gets married, it won't be no dip. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to the finances. So what we have to understand is, is that we got to stay in God's presence, walk in obedience, because today's obedience can be tomorrow's uh, uh, covering, can be tomorrow's protection. But when you get so caught up in what well, I'm not happy and I want this and I want that, then you will step out of the will of God, step out of the presence of God, and then you will find yourself a year later suffering from that poor decision. And that's why it's wise for us to simplify our life, still our hearts, and increase sensitivity to the spirit of God so that we can properly see uh, um, why we are in this particular season. Could it be that your singleness is a gift? All singleness is a gift, but what I'm saying, could it be that 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 five years from now that you'll look back and be like, oh, wow, God, that's why you had me single. You said, oh, wow, God, that's why. Oh, you talking about Job in the Bible, my bad, but you got me in another, another direction. You see what I'm saying? And so what we have to really process is, now don't get me wrong, if you made a mistake in the past, God can redeem the time, God will still sustain you. I'm not saying it's anything he wants, but we have to learn the, the, the principles of obedience and being content no matter where we are, because where we are could be tomorrow's tent, can be tomorrow's safety net, can be tomorrow's protection. That's why we got to be able to say, God, I, if you have me here, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to trust you. So happiness saying, I will only be truly happy 
quote unquote, if I have this or that in my life, if this or that is not in my life, if these conditions are not in my life, I will not be happy. And, and I'm going to pursue it with all of my energy until I have it. And then when you even get that thing, you will still not be happy because a soul that is not anchored in the Lord, a soul that is not content in God will never be satisfied. A soul that is not content in God will never be satisfied. You will get your husband. And then, but what happens is when you pursue things out of the presence of God, you begin to have the world's perspectives and you begin to develop puffed up expectations. And then you will have this idea of what your marriage will look like. And most people understand that most of our ideas about marriage never really matches the actual interaction of a marriage. And so what happens is many people fail in marriage because their ideas don't match the actual, uh, um, uh, um, intimacy or entity that they're in. And they're like, oh my gosh. And they fall into, well, now I, I'm not happy in my marriage that, oh, well, let me, why can't we have the Joneses conditions? Why can't we have the, the, the Jamal's uh, or the Jenkinses <clears throat> or whoever, you know what I'm saying? Conditions. You will never be satisfied because ne no condition without Christ will ever be um, unsustaining. It just won't. Even if you get five people in your ministry, 20 people in your ministry, 200, and you're going to always be like, well, I, I, I want 2,000. I want 20,000 now. But a content heart, a person of joy says, God, I'm just thankful that you even using me, yo. I'm just thankful that that you're keeping me right now. I'm just thankful that your ways are not my ways and my your thoughts are not my thoughts and that you are a sustainer, that you are a keeper. And God, I trust you. I don't care what your age is. Just say, God, I trust you. I don't care what stage you're in. Say, God, I trust you. It doesn't matter what page you're on. Just say, God, I trust you. You see what I'm saying? And say, God, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repent, renew my mind, and, and reroute myself into your original route for me. And I'm going to enjoy you because I know that you will take care of me. And what messes up so many people is they only think about God or think about God's goodness based upon the big things he does versus the daily little detail-centered things he do every day. See, I, the reason why my faith is always stirred, the reason why my faith is always growing, the reason why my faith will always stay in God, because I don't measure God by the big monumental things that happen in my life. I measure God by the breaths that I have every second. And so that keeps me in a river of, <clears throat> of joy. It keeps me in a river of contentment because I'm fully aware of God's detailed goodness. Fully aware. I'll be thanking God for the little stuff. If, 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 I, if I circle a parking lot, that's why I always flow with the Holy Spirit. That's why I always get good parking. That's why I always get favor because I'm flowing. God, I'm vibing with you. I'm flowing with you. And I always find myself in favorable situations because I'm fully aware of the little goodness of God, right? That God is always good, even to the evil, even to the whole. He's good. And when we understand that, we'll say, you know what? I'm going to recognize the little good things that God does for me, and that'll make you appreciate your season even more. Now, we also talked about that happiness is based on what's present or not present, why joy is solely based on its presence alone. You can be, you, you, listen, I've been in Nigeria. I've been in Nigeria. I went to Nigeria in 2010. And what I noticed in Nigeria with the people that had little, I mean, we was we had an outside event. I preached that event. I got a video on my line where I, a video on my web, on YouTube where I preached in Nigeria. I preached at two something in the morning in Nigeria time, 
And the people were still, we, the reason why I was supposed to preach at seven, I was, no, not seven. I was supposed to get up at nine. I was supposed to get up at nine o'clock to preach. I didn't get up to two 30 because why they kept praising out there on dust, dust, uh, um, dirt and outside at night worship. They worship for six or seven hours and I ain't get up to preach to about two 30. So what I'm saying is I saw people with little and the reason why back then, maybe in 2010, they were more happy because maybe social media wasn't big and they had no access of comparison. But see, what you understand about comparison, you'll understand that comparison is a thief of joy. That's why I don't compare myself to nobody else's ministry. I don't compare myself to anyone else or anything else. And you shouldn't. You rob yourself of your joy. You rob yourself of perspective that most people that look, look happy are not happy. Happiness or joy is often revealed without without speaking. If you hear about somebody else's happiness and they always post about how happy they are, they're not happy. You should see the joy of God on them and not hear the happiness. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with celebrating. But as you mature, you'll begin to say, you know what? There's no need for me to vocalize everything that's happening in my life. I used to be that guy where I used to type everything God did for me, but I didn't type it because I was thankful for God. I typed it to show that, look at, look at me. And most people who do that online, they, and for people who pray online, they put prayers online, they talk to God online. That's like the Pharisees that step on their front porch. That's the only reward. And so many people want to show their faith and show their success and show their marriage, show their ring. You got 40 different um, photos of your engagement for 40 days and 40 nights. You posted about an engagement 40 days and 40 nights. You're posting so much about your idol. See, when you when you are in intimate relationship with God, you don't even think about posting because you're focused on interacting and, and being proper, the, the right individual to actually engage that thing. And so that's why you got to be very careful because idolatry is a subtle um, disease in the midst of that. And so many people, they'll, they'll, they'll be sad their whole singleness. And as soon as they get a man, as soon as they get a woman, it's flood. We're going to flood the streets like a, like a, like a, a rapper in New York. We're going to flood the streets with the music. We're going to flood the streets that I'm in relationship. And you're not doing that. Um, because because you're thankful to God, you're doing that because you want to be seen. And that's what happens when conditions come to people who don't have the, the right character to sustain what was gifted to them or what they chased for. Right. So we always got to examine our hearts. I used to be that guy. Oh, we had this many people come to unplug today. Oh, wow. Look at God. Wow. Tonight was amazing. I did it. But I was insecure. You see what I'm saying? I wanted, I wanted to prove to all my haters that I could still win without them. That's not the right mindset. You see what I'm saying? It's not, it's not the right way to think. It's, it's, it's immaturity. The right perspective is saying, God, I'm just glad you're here in my marriage. God, I'm glad that that you're that you're with me in my ministry. I'm glad that the anointing is increasing in my life. God, I'm just man. God, I I I I, I gotta be. I gotta. That's why it's 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 when you understand the goodness of God, it keeps you from sinning. It keeps you. Uh, what I mean by sinning, it keeps you from wanting to practice sin. You're going to slip up. You're human. You're growing. You're maturing. But there's a difference between um uh, being pruned from sin and practicing sin. Being pruned from sin, you're going to make mistakes as you're being pruned because you're being mature. That doesn't mean that you are a sinner, right? But a person who practices sin and 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 they call themselves a Christian, those people are not saved. 
right? And so people who have this false understanding of, of grace, and that's what's dangerous about this hyper grace message or or just this influx of, of, of God is don't see any wrong, is that if you teach that to babes, babes are going to do what babes do. And babes are going to be like, you know what? I'm just going to go out there and flood the streets with my, with my, I'm going to compromise in these different areas and et cetera, et cetera. Because now I, I, I don't feel no, no accountability. There's no whatever. Then you start practicing sins again and engaging in certain things that God never intended for you to engage in. And, and what happens is when you have that mindset, then you will start mixing and mingling in different things and then practice of sin births. That doesn't mean you're not saved. That means you went down a prodigal path. And now you, you're, you're, you're in the areas where, where, the, where the effects or consequences of sin can jeopardize and ruin your life. But when you fully understand of God's goodness and and you're and you're groomed through that, then you'll be able to say, "Man, I'm 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 gonna stay here. I can't mix and mingle with that because 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 there's something about being in God's presence that empowers you. That that I'm talking about mentally focused in, mentally engaged in, mentally aware of. It just makes you uh, uh it just makes you move differently, right? Let's keep going for time's sake. So we did our quick recap. And now we're going to get to, um, let's see, what's next? We're going to read some scriptures real quick that I didn't get to last week. And then we're going to talk about um, how to protect your joy. And then we're going to get into how, oh, oh never mind, or oh, how to protect your joy. And I have some more points there. Um, uh, let's see where, where, where I need to go. Uh, let's break down some scriptures and then we're going to get right into it. And thank y'all so much for joining me today. Um, like, comment, engage, uh, and, and take notes. I know y'all taking notes because, uh, uh, are you from Nigeria? Okay. The joy of the Lord is in some of these places where, where little is, right? Philippians 4, 11 through 12, uh, we're going to read, break these three scriptures down and then get into how to protect your joy. It says, and Philippians 4, 11, 12 says, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation, I have learned in whatever situation, now we're transferring in into the ideals and the principles of contentment, right? We're going to get into those principles of contentment. So these are what these scriptures are here for. It says, Paul saying, not that I am speaking of being in need. He's saying, I ain't, I ain't trying to do it. Hear me closely. He said, I don't want you to get confused in what I'm about to say. For I have learned. Notice that it's maturity. I have learned. I have learned. And that's why you got to stay in, 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 a, in a focus where you are endeavoring to grow. And I'm not expecting you to. And contentment is, is, is a way of thinking. It's not when well, I'm not expecting you to be perfect with contentment because life will shake you. And your contentment will be challenged. Your joy will be challenged, right? And so what we're doing is we're putting ourselves in position to learn, to learn. Let's look at it. It says, for I have learned in whatever situation, no matter where you are, because everybody's singleness is different. Everybody's marriage is different. Everybody's personal life is different. Everybody's upbringing was different or uh, upbringing now, if you're a teenager, is different. But Paul is saying we have to learn in whatever situation, to be content. 
That no matter in in what, no matter what situation, I must learn to be content. Right now, where you are, you have to learn to be content. And content doesn't mean complacent. Complacency is is the root of or is rooted in laziness. Contentment is rooted in being led. That that I'm not, I may not like where I am, but I am fully aware of why I am where I am, or I trust God if I'm not in full awareness of where I am, trusting him that he has me for a particular reason. And hindsight being 2020 will reveal down the road why you stopped at that street, why you was at that uh, uh, neighborhood for three or four years. Things will begin to make sense for you, right? And so no matter what situation you in, you must learn contentment. Let me make sure I get a definition, a good definition of contentment. Uh, I don't think I have it in my notes. Do I? Uh, let me see. Let me see what I got. Uh, let me see. What is good definition of contentment? Uh, I'm not finding one real quick. Anyway. What was the scripture again? Yes, Taylor. Um, scripture is Philippians 4, 11 through 12. And like, if you can download the worksheet, the scriptures will be on the side right there. It's uh, Philippians 4, 11 through 12. That it doesn't matter what situation you find yourself in, no matter where you find yourself, you have to say, God, teach me how to be content here. Teach me, Holy Spirit, why you have me here. Perspective births peace. You see what I'm saying? Perspective versus peace. When I have the right perspective, I don't mind being patient. I don't mind being in a place of peace because I have the right perspective. I'm able to say, I may not like it here, but I fully understand why I am here. And I may not like where I'm at, but I love the one who has planted me here. I love the one who has placed me here because it's for purpose. If I'm a person of purpose, I don't care what place I'm in. It's a purposeful place. It may not be the place that I want it to be or desire to be, but no matter where I am, I'm going to be present. I'm going to be present because me being present, God wants to present. By me being present, I get the chance to present. Present, 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 present. If I'm present, I'm able to present the love of God. I'm able to present the peace of God. I'm able to present the joy of God. I'm able to present long suffering to help somebody else. I know exactly why I'm in my family's life. I know exactly why I'm in certain people's life to be long suffering so they'll grow in a level of maturity and they can go and fly on their own. But we have to be present in order to present. But if we get so caught up on presenting um, um, uh, false desires and carnal desires, then, then we'll hate where God has presented us or we'll hate uh, where we are. And we'll be so more focused about where we want to be versus looking at why God has you where he has you. So he says, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty, hunger, abundance and need. Now, what he's saying here is that in order for me to fulfill the vision of God, I have to be versatile. In order for me to be versatile, I have to go through various trials. So in order for you to be in a place of dominance or for you to be operating a level of efficiency and effectiveness in God's vision for your life, you have to go through periods. You have to go through periods of trial. That's why the Bible says, count it all joy. Here we go. Count it all joy when you face various trials or when you meet 
various trials. So notice the word meet. It's not mixed with various trials, but when you meet various trials, that, that most of us, we're discouraged when we get to a place and it's not what we liked. Oh, man. Uh, he said, man, still, before you eat, when you meet the trial, but not deep in the mixture of the trial, not mixed in the trial. He said, you got to be in such a state of joy that you're able to, at the moment that you meet the trial, God, I love your revelation, that when you meet the trial, you're able to count it joy. Even, you know, you sitting there, here we go again. It's like, here we go again. Let's go. It's going to bring something out of me. That's gonna that's gonna birth something in me. So when I meet a trial, I got a different I got a different mindset. Oh, bet that means God's about to level me up. God's about to elevate me. God's about to uh, uh, grow me into another level of character. He's about to grow me into another level of integrity. That's why I don't get mad when people talk about who you used to be. Focus on who He sees you to be. All right. And so what happens is you will say, you know what? When I meet this trial, I count it joy because I understand the text says that when I meet trials of various kinds, I know, I know knowledge comes before uh, uh, experience. Knowledge supposed to precede um, engagement that, that I can count all joy because I already know the formula. I already know that my faith must be tested so that it can be strengthened. So when I meet trials, various kind of the test of my faith produces, and I know that patience has to work on me because no matter what platform you achieve in life, you need more patience. <laughs> oh, singleness, you gotta have like when you get married, you need more patience. <laughs> like, 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 like people think that marriage is great, and it is, but it is challenging because now you have to be stretched into a new level of patience because you have been overly familiar with being by yourself that you don't really know what it's like to live and serve and sacrifice and submit to someone else. But that's why we learn that from God and grow in serving him. Because as you elevate, no matter what level you go to in life, you need greater patience, no matter what. So you, you don't count it strange when you have to get tested. You have like I'm I'm I am so glad that God. I mean, I went through some strenuous tests. I went through some soft tests, um, strenuous tests, specific tests. I went through so many tests, and I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad that I was tested in my ministry where it was nobody showing up. I'm so glad my heart was tested because my heart was so caught up in the numbers and people that I began to see the filth in my own heart. I'm glad I went through that test. That it doesn't matter who shows up and don't show up. I'm going let this chopper go. And I know that I'm doing it for the one above and wherever this message falls to is going to be a blessing. And so I'm glad I went through that test so that I don't get so caught up in trying to compete with these other preachers because I've already went through that test. And now I, I'm going through tests now in, 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 in a lot of different areas or maybe a good handful of areas that's setting me up. But you have to already know why, why you are where you are who you are and whose you are. So then when you meet the trial, you can already spiritually, mathematically calculate. Yep. Yep. Oh, the good question. How do you know what is a test and what is a trial? They're both the same. Trial, a trial is a period of testings. So a trial is, is a period. The testings are the test in that trial period. Okay. So trials is a season of testing. It may be one test. It may be two tests. It may be three tests. It may be one test. It may be two. It may be three. But the trial is a trial period. 
You know, when you get Netflix or or Hulu or YouTube TV, no matter what it is, it says a 30 a, a day trial period to test the product. Ooh. So so God is already saying uh, uh, until in order to really get into this place of 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 access, um, um, I, I'm. You have to go through this 30-day trial period so that when you actually get the product, you are familiar. God said you got to be tested previously before the actual season. So he's saying is you have to feel the season before you end the season. You got to feel the product before you have the product. Right? He says the product has already been paid for you, but in order for you to be prosperous and successful in your marriage, you got to try the product out. You got to test it out. And you're going to have a trial period of tests that's going to that's going to position you so that when you actually get the product, you will be able you'll know how to engage it, you'll know how to use it. You would have already got things saved in your mind, DVR'd it, right? And so what I'm saying is is that you have to allow the trial period to happen so that you'll know how to engage the platform. You got to have similar tests and that's what it is. And so what we have to understand about trials is that that is a period, various trials, various trial periods, various uh, testings that you have to do so that when you end that season, think about this. Let's look at the let's look at the way Jesus was presented. First off, Jesus was unknown for 30 years. First off, let's start from even the beginning. Jesus came through humble beginnings, right? Right? Humble beginnings. Secondly, Jesus was about his father's business at 12, season of beginning mastery. So from 12 to 30, 18 years, he was unknown. Unknown well, unknown to us biblically. I don't know if Jesus was, but we don't have no recollection or records that he was doing miracles and such. I'm sure possibly we can assume whatever, but we don't know from scriptures what he was doing. All we know was from 12 years old to 18, he was about his father's business. So the first test is, can you handle humble beginnings? Can you handle, handle being a king amongst, uh, being a king or a queen amongst um um, 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 certain levels of life. The second test is, are you willing to get early into starting your father's business, being about his business early? That's why I tell 12 year olds, 14 year olds, teenagers, be about his father's business now so that you can get your reps, so that you can build your credibility, so that your anointing can be sustaining, so that you can understand and be aware of who you are. And then at 30, he went to John the Baptist to be baptized. Now, what happened? When he was baptized, the Bible says that the, that the Holy Spirit came down in the likeness of a dove, and you heard the Father's voice. That's the moment where you saw all the uh, the triune um, nature of God manifested, the voice of God, the, 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 the imagery of the Spirit, and the manifestation in flesh of the Son, all at one time in one moment, right? That's the moment where you are my son, salvation, son. Then Jesus was then drove, the Bible says, immediately in the wilderness, meaning that he had to be tested before his ministry. He went through the wilderness, got tested the devil, trials, tests, trials, tests, trials, tests, trial period, 40 days, trial period, 40 days, testings, three. He had 40, 40 days of trial. Of, of trials, a trial period where he had three different tests. We don't know. We know that at the end, towards the end, that's when he was tested. But then he went to Galilee. Galilee is not necessarily Jerusalem. Hear me now. Galilee is the place of that we begin to test and grow and, and begin to see the effects of our anointing. And then 
We get to the pinnacle of why we are here, and that's Jerusalem. And then you will have that moment when you have your face focused, that you're like, oh, oh, no, this is where I'm supposed to be. Galilee was dope. The villages was cool, but I got to get to Jerusalem. And so Jesus even showing us the flow of, of, of fellowship, the flow of how we're supposed to be in Christ, right? And so that's the analogy that I want to give you all for those who's like, why do we got to go through trials? We got to feel what, what the next season will be because that's how we'll be familiar. We have to feel so that we can be familiar. Woo! That's why God said, I have to wrap myself in flesh so that I can feel what they are going through so that they, I can, so they will always remember and know that they have a high priest that understands. See what I'm saying? So I hope that made sense. But we have to understand previously that I must already know before I meet this trial that my faith has to always be in, be tested. I have to, and, and patience has to always be developing so that I can be, what's the rest of the scripture? I forgot that quick. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, count all joy uh, when I meet trials of various kinds for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfast no patience and let patience have its full effect so that you may be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. Right now, I lack nothing. That's perspective. But coach, you only make a certain amount of money. I lack nothing. <laughs> coach, um, what about the pandemic? I lack nothing. <laughs> Man, I my fridge, my, my freezer and my fridge was always full. I was still shopping at Whole Foods in the midst of a pandemic. Come on now. And me and my wife still ain't got no Trump checks yet. See what I'm saying? So we're not even talking about, but no, coach, you and your wife probably got your Trump checks. I didn't get my Trump check yet. My Trump check hasn't came yet. And I'm so glad because I got Christ check. You see what I'm saying? I'm sustained. So what I'm saying is, is that you will be in a place of, of process where you're able to say, man, here's another trial, but it's an opportunity. A trial is an opportunity to be tested for the next level. I have to feel the punches, but I have to feel the punches before the match. I have to get hit so I can be familiar on what pain feels like. So when I'm in the ring, when I get hit, no, we good. I'm familiar with that kind of punch. That's all you got. You see what I'm saying? Thank you so much for your donation. God gets the glory. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. All right. And so that's what we have to understand so that I can be perfect or not. Per word perfect is another word for wholeness, that I can be whole, that I'd be like, you know what? I'm completed in Christ. I'm still growing, but I'm mature for this level. I'll be whole, complete, completed. I don't, I don't need you to make me feel better. I don't need these conditions to feel happy. I'm complete. And the last but not least is lacking in nothing. Man, it doesn't matter what goes on in life. I lack nothing. You don't need more money. You don't need more money. Do you know how you know how uh, how much favor is? I, I'd rather have God's. I'd rather have all of God's favor than all the world's money. <laughs> because if I have all the world's money, then people know I got money. But I got the favor of God. It don't, where, no matter where He wants me to go, it, you don't understand how many rooms I've been in, and I couldn't even imagine. People, I've been in rooms with certain people where they don't even know me. I was like, how did I get here? Blessed with certain things, given certain things. It's been a fate, it's been a favor, favorable walk. Everywhere I turn around, there's God's favor. He surrounds me with favor like a shield. So what I'm saying is, you don't 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 pursue money. Stay in the presence. Don't pursue money. Don't pursue conditions. Just think that Christ met the conditions and the check cleared. And now I have access to the Father and I can sleep tonight, knowing that I love this roof. 
It may not be my wife's dream home or my dream home. You see what I'm saying? But it's but it's it's the home for now, and it's cool. And, I, and the home I have now is amazing. I love it. But it's not the home that I want to grow my family in. Cool. But if I have to, cool. That's the mindset that we have to have in order to keep our hearts safe, to keep our hearts safe from pursuing happiness. He says, not that I am speaking of being in need for I have learned in whatever situation, whatever situation you are right now, say, God, teach me to be content here. Teach me to not build a home here, to build a tent here. Where you are is not home. It's a tent. You are a pilgrim. You are not a registered, uh, uh, um, uh, what I mean, what I'm trying to say. You not, uh, it's not your home is what I'm trying to say. So the good thing is, it's just a tent. God ain't saying build a house here. Many people are building a house where they should be pitching a tent. So right, that's what contentment is. I know I won't be here forever. And if I am forever, cool. But I know I'm a pilgrim passing through. That's right. Thank him for a roof over your head and run you. That's right. <clears throat> A million dollar roof and this roof right here does the same thing. It keeps the rain off of me. It keeps the cold off of me. It keeps the bugs off of me. So, so, so that's perspective. But oh, that roof that's in heaven for me. That, that, that place that he has built for me in heaven. That's, that's home. So everything down here, I bet you when we get to heaven and we see what God has built for us to stay up there. It'll be no comparison down here. That's why I don't mind pitching a tent. It's our tent for right now, babe. It's our tent for right here. And how we got this place was still God's favor. We, we It was just crazy how God does things. See, God's favor doesn't look for qualifications. God's favor doesn't need an application because Christ has fulfilled the application. So all I got to do is be a son or daughter of God. Do you know how many stuff I've gotten and I didn't meet the qualifications? I didn't even meet the qualifications for the job I got now. I had so much favor on my life that the assistant principal was like, do you have a college degree? No, ma'am, I don't. She said, okay, I'll get back to you. They, they, they changed the requirements on my job application for a high school diploma. I don't, I don't, now I meet, I, I suit because of Christ and because of my work ethic and because of my mindset, I already, I already supersede the expectation. I just didn't have the credentials. I, and so what you're saying is, but coach, I don't have no diploma or coach. I mean, it don't matter with God. God don't check. No. Um, well, okay. Well, you don't, now don't get me wrong. God will put you in seasons to, to, to elevate you and develop you that you're able to walk in those seasons, but don't be, don't be coach. Don't got no degree. And don't give a and don't give a flying flip about it. Don't even care. What a degree gonna do? Give the give the school glory. People be pursuing degrees, and when people see your track record, they see your application, they start giving the college glory. Oh, the reason why God has brought some of y'all through certain places with no credentials, so that He could be able to say, no one can get the glory off of my daughter or son's life but me. So when they look at my life, did you graduate college? No. Do you have a history in this? No. Wow. <laughs> you, so you have nothing to show for what you do, but God, that's where we want to be. But people want credentials. People want these different things. And God's like, why are you pursuing man-made things to be accepted by the man? Listen, I 
I, I don't care about being accepted by anybody. I don't care what groups, what movements, what people, what ideologies, what colors. Don't You don't got to accept me. I'm already accepted. So I don't get no attitude when people look over me. Cool, God looked at me. I don't care. I don't care who looks over me. God is looking at me. So we have to have a mindset that says y'all can walk around with y'all Louis this and, and Bentley that, and walk around and try to make me feel less in a room because you got more money, player. Your money down here can't compare it to the treasures I'm laying up up there. It's perspective, not by might. Thank you. I got. Oh, that's my. Whoo, that's my scripture. Not by might, but by my power. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, the word of God says. So if you always look for man's empowerment, you will have less power. But if you get in your word for yourself and, 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 and do it like I am where I am today because of the grace of God. Nobody put me here. What Abraham said, I'm not going to accept what you want, king, lest you say you made Abraham rich. Some of us, we're settling for man's accomplishments, and now they're getting credit off of you. Uh-uh. Only one person get credit off me. Um, so you have to learn in every season, in every situation to be content and know who you are. Know that you are accepted by him so that you won't be brown. My nose don't it's not up under nobody's behind. My nose is 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 at the feet of God. That's and God has put me in rooms, put me in places, and, and people are like, how did you get here? It's God, God, man, it's important, man. I might do a part three. Good grace, I ain't even got through the scriptures. Always get me, yo. The scriptures. See, that's why the word of God is so good, man. If you can't use the word of God to the word of God gives you points. You know, I didn't give you no theories. I didn't give you, I didn't twist it. I didn't give you no opinions. The word of God, we've been in here for 15, 20 minutes on or 14, maybe 10 to 15 minutes on Philippians 4.11. And, and, and we ain't even did this verse justice. We, we, we ain't even did this verse justice. Now I got to go to Hebrews 13.5 and I'm scared to go there. Because I might go into the 15 minutes on this little verse. But we're going to go to the word because the word works. The word heals. It's sharp as active. It says, keep your life free. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Oh, man. I love it. Notice the word keep. A lot of people, they, they love the word kept, but they don't like the word keep. People want to be kept, but don't want to have the responsibility to keep. So we are kept by the grace of God, but there is responsibility too. There's a responsibility for us to keep. Keep doesn't mean I'm doing it so I can get love. Keep doesn't mean I got to keep this. And people think, well, Josh, are you talking about keeping the law? We're not talking about keeping the law. We're talking about common sense. <laughs> the law, no matter, the Ten Commandments may have been fulfilled in Christ or whatever, but those are still principles we should live by. So it's not, it's not sitting there saying that, I have to do those things to now be accepted. No, those things still work today. Whether you believe it or not, those things still are principles, principles, right? So everybody wants to be kept. God's going to keep me. God, that's true. That's true. But there is responsibility. Thank you. Stewardship. There is responsibility for me to keep some things. Keep myself free from this. Keep yourself doing this. Keep, keep, keep. Keep from being kept. You're kept. That's how you keep. I have the power of the Holy Spirit to keep. Because I'm kept, I can keep. 
See what I'm saying? That's a process of order. Because I'm kept by God, the spirit of God is in me. He'll teach me how to keep. We want to be sustained, but we don't want to be stewards. We want to be sustained. We sustain me, sustain, sustain. But we don't want to be stewards. You see what I'm saying? Oh, y'all. Okay. Oh, 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 I lost my. Okay. Um, and so we got to understand. And, and you see, you see what the scripture, I can't even get past the word keep. That's a word right there. That's a message right there. The word keep. You can preach off of keep all day. And being kept and learning how to keep, learning how to steward. You can get a husband, but can you keep a husband? You can get a wife, but can you keep a wife? It's not about getting there. It's about staying there. It's about keeping, managing, stewarding. And your life is a part of that. You got to learn how to keep your life. Systems and strategies keep. Not that's your ultimate tool for sustainability. No, the spirit of God will teach you how to keep. It says, keep your life free. Keep your life free, meaning you learn. Learn, just like the Bible says, learn. That's another thing you got to do, learn. <laughs> Learning, everybody wants to be fed revelation, fed information, but nobody wants to actually learn to apply. We just can't be hearers of the word. We got to be doers also. It says, keep your life free. Keep your life free from the love of money. That's a that's a, that's a season by season um, responsibility. I have to guard my heart every day about that. Money, a lot of money is coming my way. A lot of money has came my way. Money opportunities are being made for me. And I no matter, and that's the Bible says it's easier for um uh, it's harder for a rich man um to make it to heaven. Um and like a, something like that as a, as a camel go through the eye of a needle. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to get to heaven. Now, what does that mean? The eye of a needle, the eye, the eye of a needle was a passageway, and camels were tall. Camels not only were tall, but they also had bag, uh, they had uh, not suitcases, but they had um, bag bags on top of them, right? And so, in order for the camel to get through the eye of the needle, it had to get on his knees, and it had to kind of get, it had to bow down to get under the eye of the needle. And a lot of rich people become so proud in this life that they start standing on their money versus bending their knee in front of God. And so he's saying it's hard for a rich men to get to heaven, and uh, um, because not too many rich people are willing to leave this life. And so they have to, in order to get to heaven as a rich man, you have to humble yourself. You have to say, you know what? I got to stay little in my own eyes. I got to keep myself free, free from the love of money. The Bible says it's not money. Money's at the root of all evil. The love of it is. That's why I have this saying. Biggie said more money, more problems. Coach says more money, more problems solved. It's a perspective. Money doesn't have to be problematic. You're so welcome. Money doesn't have to be problematic. Money can solve problems, right? But you have to understand that if your heart is not connected to money, then you can be like, hey, it's just money. It is what it is, a resource. It's not a source, it's a resource. But it says, keep your life, your life, every area of it. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Are you content with what you have? Or is your heart always desiring more? Is your heart always wanting more? If you're never happy with what you have, you will never be happy with what you grasp, right? No, because you'll never be happy. You'll always want more. I need more purses. I need more shoes. There's nothing wrong with collecting things, but it can get excessive. You see what I'm saying? And so what we have to say, you have to be content with what you have. Right now, I am content with the home I have. 
I don't, no matter how much I will, I can't wait. My wife, we go through Instagram pictures and look up homes and how we want to build our home. But but we're not over here poo-pooing on this one. We still treat this place. We still pull up the weeds here. We still uh, uh, iron the, uh, iron the carpet, um, clean. We keep, we still keep and sustain. Because if you can't take care of another man's, the word of God says, if you can't even take care of another man's, how can you take care of, of, of let me find it. I want to make sure if you can't take care of another I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Scripture. I got to read this one. Man. Hold on. I got to find it. Taking care of another man. Uh, okay. Let me see if this is Luke 16, 12. It says, uh, let me find it. Let me see if this is it. Hold on, y'all. And if you have not been okay, let me let me find this King James. And if you have not been faithful in uh, in that which is in others, who would give you that which is your own? That is Luke chapter 16, 12. If you if you haven't been faithful in what belongs to another man, how will you be faithful? Why would someone give you something? God is saying, oh. What God is trying to teach us right now is that some of the some of the testing, some of the test in our trial period is always up under somebody else. Be very leery of someone that's not up under someone else. Be very leery when someone says, all I need is the Holy Ghost. I, the Holy Ghost is my only covering. Now, what, hear me when I understand. I know the covering is a term in church. But what I'm saying is as a principle. Right now, God has me submitted to Pastor Gould. I, I am content with that. I don't envy his platform. I don't. I don't want his platform. I don't. I even told him in my meeting when I met with him the first time, and and when I was not the first time, but when I met with him in regards to just uh, counseling, I said, "Man, I'm, I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to just put everything on pause and learn." I said, "I don't want to preach. I don't. I don't. I don't want you to think that I want that." That's a principle. God will lead you up under somebody so that you can learn for free how to take care of another man. When I'm in that church, that big old dome, if I see a sheet of paper, I pick it up off the floor because I'm learning how to take care of another person's thing so that God can say, now I can give you yours. God is not going to give you a marriage if you can't pick up the trash on the floor of your singleness. Why would God give you a marriage if you can't even pick up the trash off of your own singleness? Why would God give you your own, but you can get it on your own, but why will God bless you and give you something if you can't take what you want to be an entrepreneur you want to grow in business these principles apply that's what everybody you learn you heard about a lot of people who fought who fought for internships and the people who excelled and got jobs are those who were willing to take care of another person's business company or whatever and then they were naturally given the thing they was previously taken care of how can you expect to be given something from God if you can't take care of another person's? People be leaving churches, people be leaving people, people be leaving, getting upset because they want their own empire. God says, stay there. Stay right there so you can learn. Learn for free. Get gain for free. You see what I'm saying? Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he said, I would never leave you forsake. God's never going to leave you forsake you, man. All of us are, are living with us through this pandemic. Did he forsake us? No. 
So, so, so we have to understand that you could be you could be pursuing a thing at the wrong time, and then find yourself wow, pandemics be coming out of nowhere now. People talking about new norms. You know what I'm saying? Now mandatory wearing of masks that changes the game. But if you if you're in the will of God, you sustain. Let's keep going. Last scripture, and I'm done. Then I'm gonna get into my other points. Let's see here. First Timothy six. 6 through 11. It says, now there is great gain in godliness with contentment. Great gain. Understand that. Don't just rush through that. There is great gain in godliness with contentment. When I live a godly life, a godly life is a life that's in line with the things of God, right? Um, so what we have to understand is that I'm living the character of God. I'm exhibiting the character of God. I'm growing in the character of God. That's how your life becomes godly, right? That I'm exhibiting the characters of God. It says that way of life with contentment is great gain. So in the season that you're being hidden, in the season that you're being covered, you're learning. You're learning godly character and you're learning how to be content and then you get great gain. Great gain comes with godliness with contentment for we brought nothing into this world and we cannot take anything out of this world. But if we have food and clothing, that's perspective. Perspective says, if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. You got your basic needs, man. You ate today, right? You got clothes, right? You got a shelter, right? No matter what means of transportation you have, you have means of transportation. You have feet. That's you see, it see, there's always something to be thankful for. I remember there were times people don't even understand when I had unplugged, and this is when there was uh, a, a, a couple of score of people coming, or maybe three scores, two scores, whatever. I'm gonna talk about scores. I may have been in the Bible too much. 40 or 60 people, 40, 50 people. People don't know that I, my car broke down and my mom had to be at work. I had to take the bus to preach at my own event. I lived that. And I hated that. I'm like, God, I, I, mean, I cried. I mean, I remember when I was on that, that train um, in Charlotte going to um, um, Campus 3, I cried, man. I'm like, it humbled me. I said, God, man, I'm about to preach your gospel on a train. God, like, you're, how, how am I supposed to look that I'm, I might be late because I'm on a train? And God said, look at your feet, son. It doesn't matter what you don't have. You have something. And I had to go through that and learn that so I can know that what if I'm in a village and I got to walk? What if what if what if gas is out and, and God want me to walk to preach? Am I too good to walk to do his work? You see what I'm saying? You can never be too good to not do something. That's right. Breathe, see, walk, talk. Help. That's it. The fact that you can lift this, that's something to be thankful for. Somebody don't got no, op like our mama used to say, grandma used to say, no operation of their limbs. And even if you don't have no legs, coach, I don't got no legs, coach. Cool, somebody got a full body in hell, though. Somebody got two legs burning, cooking with potatoes and crawfish in hell right now. So no matter what you don't have, somebody has everything in hell. Perspective. God, yeah, be honest with God. God, this sucks, man. In the beginning, you're going to be, because as you grow, you'll be like, when you meet trials, you'll be joyful. But as you grow, you're going to be like, man, okay, I'll do it. But you'll be able to say, God, 
So when a car break, oh man, this one time I got to tell you this. I was catching with even catching catching a bus and a train um, to 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 preach was one thing, but I also had to catch the bus and train to work because both when I stayed with my mom, both our cars was broke. My mom's car was broke down. Thank God, but the week she counted on joy because she was able to walk to work. She only had a ten minute walk to work, but I, my job it was at the YMCA downtown. I still had to catch the bus to even work at the YMCA, right? And so what happened was I was like, why? I'm like, why do I got to go through this? Do you know how many people on the train, on the bus that God used me to minister to? Could it be that God was like, man, let's kind of break the radiator. You know what I'm saying? Let's, let's, let's just loop, loop, loop. Let's, uh, oop, car not working. Because I want to teach my son something. I want to teach my son that, that ministry is not only reserved for a stage. That ministry is not about who sees you minister. Ministry is more, you get more fruit. You get, God gets probably more glory from the one-on-ones than the ones in front of a bunch of ones. You see what I'm saying? And so we look at ministry, we look at opportunity as in front of the masses or who I know. No, no, God gets the glory for that homeless man right there. When nobody noticed. When you practice your righteousness in front of people, that's the only reward you get. Remember that. It says, now there is great gain in God's with contentment, for we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of this world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. Man, it may not you, you but it, just because you ain't have filet mignon no more don't mean you next year you'll be right back at filet mignon. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, like I know. I, I have been abased. I have been abound. I, I, listen, one thing about me, I ain't too good to go to food line. I ain't too good to go to Bilo. I ain't too good to go to compare foods. I ain't too good. I'm enjoying my whole food season now. I'm enjoying my whole foods. I'm enjoying it. But I ain't too good if whole foods is whatever, whoop, whoop, whatever happens. I pray over that meat. It may not be organic. But I know this organic prayer will make this meat organic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So what you got to do, you can't get so caught up in life that you get comfortable with access like this pandemic show. It can be removed like that. Now what happens when we're all in the same playing field, right? With these, we'll be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptations. When you desire richness, if you desire success, if you desire more than you desire God, you will fall into temptation, you will fall into temptation into a snare, into many senseless, senseless dollar general. I was just at the dollar general yesterday. <clears throat> just, at the, just at the dollar general. Walk in there, no shame. Dollar General. I know the people at Dollar General. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll be at food. I go to food line. Listen, listen. I'm, I'm like, you know what, man? I go to food line for my gluten-free aisle. I go to food line to get my croissants. I go to food line um, um, because it open to 11. Okay? <laughs> Let's put it that way. One thing about food line, whether you think it's smart or not, food lines was truth in this pandemic for me. Food line was open to 11 while everybody was closing eight. You close at eight. Bruh, if I need something for something I need to eat right now, if I need milk and I'm on some cereal, food line was there for me. See what I'm saying? Me, uh, me and my niece and my nephew, we went to this place called uh, Miss Super G's. Went to Super G's. Went to compare food. Ain't nothing wrong with me. Shoot. Right? But we'll fall <clears throat> into mainly senseless, senseless. How many times we fell into senseless? Uh, uh, and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. It's a, the, whole, the scriptures always show you a formula. It says, 
You're safe if you're content and godly. Mix it together. You good. You good. Great gain. But those who gain without contentment and godliness, this is what happens. They fall into temptations. They fall into snares and traps of the enemy. They fall into senseless and harmful desires. You got a senseless desire. It don't make sense to have a desire. It really don't make no sense. No biblical sense to have certain desires. Oh, now you want two wives. Now you want two this. Now you want three this. You want four that. Senseless desires. <clears throat> harmful desires. Oh, Oh, I guess I can mask my ministry, but deep down in my heart, I have a senseless desire, a harmful desire for bigger barns. The Bible talks about that fool that built bigger barns. He got so caught up in his barns. He's like, man, I'm making so much. Instead of using this for God's glory, I'm going to build bigger barns. And the, the word of God says, God said, you fool. Your soul is required of you right now. And you don't even know where your barns are going to go to. <clears throat> Into many senses and harmful desires that plunge, not just, oh, that's cute. No, plunge. You get plunged into ruin. That's why I don't envy people who got money. I was like, don't, don't envy. Don't envy their relationship right now. Five years, they're going to plunge into the divorce. You, you're envying something that is revealing to you, obviously, that they're practicing patterns that's going to plunge them into a divorce. Why envy something and, and, and you don't even know the end of? Plunge them, plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have want. You hear that? You hear the gospel, that type of gospel? For some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. Let's keep going, y'all. The word is rich. The word is rich. Now, how to protect your joy? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to an hour and thirty. Cause I have a lot of points here, man. Seven points here and five points, six points. But um, I may do a part three. We'll see. How to protect your joy. And I got more points. I forgot I got more points. How to protect your joy. <laughs> joy, I had some other points I want to add. Joy is an unshakable awareness of God's goodness. That's what joy is. Unshakable awareness of God's goodness. I don't care how good you got it. I don't care whatever. I'm not moved by it. I'm not moved because you got a man. I'm not moved because you got a woman. I'm not moved because you got a marriage. I'm not moved because you have more money. I'm not moved. Not moved. Because I have an unshakable awareness of God's goodness towards me. That's joy. Joy says, I am fully aware and unshakable in my soul because I'm fully aware of God's goodness. And God's purpose, goodness has a lot of things upon it. Goodness is God's plans, purposes, etc. Joy is contentment. We talked about that. Now, protect by definition. How to protect your joy? And maybe I'll do a part three if I don't get too far. How to protect your joy? Okay. Uh, but let's look at the definition of protect. Protect means to keep safe from harm and injury. Aim to preserve. That means I, with my joy, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. Oh, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. The world, uh, <laughs> Mama, the world didn't give it. The world can't take it away. See what I'm saying? This joy that I have. People got a false sense of joy, artificial joy. It can be taken in a moment's notice. You remove the condition, they collapse. You remove the condition out of me, I'm sustained. <laughs> you can take a job. 
Wow, God, how are, how are you making it without a job? You can take money away. How are you making it without that, that, that level of pay? You can take a bunch of conditions away. But if I'm sustained by joy, people are going to look back. That's why I let people leave when they see, when they think you have fallen. When people, because people will leave your life, because a lot of people left unplugged. A lot of people left. I got engaged, the girls left. When the girls left, the guys left. You see what I'm saying? So I watched the collapse. And my wife was like, you okay? Babe, if I lose them for you, I gain. So I know what loss looks like in before my face. Get engaged, girls leave. Girls leave, the guys come for the girls, the guys leave. And I'm sitting there in front of two people. And then when people take their eyes off of you and go to other ministries, go to other things, and you hear whispers, they're talking about you, you sleep good at night. Because you know, when they look back at my life two years from, they're going to be like, how did this guy survive that? Listen, when you've, when you've been through things and going through things, you will find out the supernatural sustaining of God. And people will leave you. Oh, he don't got no job. Oh, he's not cute to me no more. I'm gone. And now you're depressed. Don't be depressed. Because that same person is going to try to look back at you and try to get with you. I told a young lady in my coaching session this week, and if you want one-on-one coaching, hit me up on my website, imunplugged.com. Go to my website. But I told this young lady in my coaching call, coaching session this week, I told her because she was kind of concerned about her feelings about a guy when she leaves the guy and she knows he's not the one, but she's concerned about the feelings she will have. I told her, epiphany doesn't mean maturity. Hear me closely. Just because they have an epiphany doesn't mean they have maturity. People are going to walk away from you and have an epiphany. Wow. I left her for her, but she kind of crazy. Okay, let me see if I can go back to Keisha. Let me see if I can go back to Kelly. and see. If she, epiphany doesn't mean maturity. Just because they have an epiphany how amazing y'all were doesn't mean they're mature enough to sustain where you are now. And so what you have to understand is that you will be able to preserve and be aware and navigate when people leave your life, so no matter when, because people will leave with certain conditions, because some people are only there for you because of the conditions you offer. Oh, that's why let, you got to go through all seasons. All seasons matter, man. You got to go through all seasons, man. You got to go through all seasons to see who's there for you. Because you as a tree, you offer a couple in spring and summer, you offer certain conditions in those seasons. You offer shade and you offer fruit. But when winter comes and the fruit not growing no more and the leaves are going, there's no more shade, you'll know who's really there for you. So you, you got to allow God to reveal you, allow you to go through different seasons and different conditions so that you'll be able to be aware. Yeah, I knew she wasn't for me. She was only there for certain conditions. But because you have the joy of the Lord in you, you're sustained. They'll leave you and look back and be like, wow. And then when they come back, they're going to be like, epiphany doesn't mean maturity. Let's keep going. Protect by definition to keep safe from harm and injury aim to preserve it. Your goal is I'm going to preserve this joy. And my, and, and my aim comes from my awareness. And my awareness comes from my acceptance. And my acceptance comes from my adoption. See what I'm saying? Because I'm adopted, I know I'm accepted. Because I'm accepted, I have access. Because I have access, I have awareness. And now that I have awareness, I have an aim. Let's keep going. Now. How to protect your joy real quickly. 
how to protect, preserve, keep, sustain your joy in your singleness, in your marriage, no matter what situation you're in, no matter what season. Number one, stay mentally, stay mentally, stay mentally connected to his presence. Be present in his presence. How to protect your joy? Stay, 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 stay mentally connected. You got to be mentally strong. I'm working on a book right now that talks about the mind. Um, don't, uh, we'll see when it be released because I'm, I'm working on a, a handful of projects now. Um, but there's something about having a strong mind. The mind of Christ was strong. You spitting on me? <laughs> you, you're ripping my beard. I, the guy, you, you, you know, you, you was there when that person that pulled, he was there when that person who pulled this beard, he was there when that person was born. And you imagine be, being Jesus, getting hit in the face, getting beard ripped, and you are visualizing that person's life. You the one that's given them the life to be able to punch you in the face and you are mentally strong enough in the wilderness, you was mentally strong enough, Jesus, to endure those tests in the Garden of Gethsemane. You were mentally tough to the point to where you were sweating drops of blood. Do you know how strong the mind of Christ is? That's why we should be striving to have the mind of Christ. That I always stay mentally tapped in to my father's presence because then I could be able to fulfill purpose. How do you protect your joy? Stay stay mentally involved. If that means if that means getting off social media, whatever it is that causes your mind to go like this away from being focused on the presence and presence of God and awareness of who he is, sometimes you just got to get lost in the goodness of God. Get lost in it. Get lost in it. If you ever want to get lost, get lost in his presence. If you'll be like, I don't care. Like, bro, like for real, real talk. I don't care what nobody else is doing. I'm lost. <laughs> I was found to get lost. He found me to so I can get lost in him. He found me so I can get lost. You got to get lost and be like, I, oh, my bad. I got to go to work. <laughs> Sometimes being in the presence of God, bro, you be in that thing a long time. You be almost late for work. Get lost. That's why I got found so I can get lost in him. What I mean by lost in him, that I'm, I'm just, I'm loving it and I'm losing track of time because <laughs> I'm in the one that's above time, right? I have to stay mentally connected. Now, how do you do that? Practically start writing a good, a faithfulness journal, track record, the goodness of God. Train your mind to spot Train your mind to spot the little good deeds of God, the little good things of God. Train your mind to do so. So that when you're in, you can, oh, God is so good. You know how I many miracles and <clears throat> things God has done in my life that y'all would never hear about that God's done through me? So how do you protect that joy? Stay mentally tapped in. Stay mentally tapped in. Be present in his presence. With the uh, Samuel, who's the prophet? I get the names mixed up sometimes. Please forgive me. Um, but he 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 kept hearing the voice of God and he ran to the prophet. And it was like, did you call me? He was like, no, I ain't call you, bro. Go back to sleep. 
Was it Samuel? Samuel ran back and laid back down, heard God's voice call his name. He ran to the prophet and was like, yo, prophet, you called me? What's up? You need something? Prophet was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. He said, next time you go to sleep and hear the voice, Samuel, thank you. Next time you hear the voice, go back and say, uh, uh, um, Father, here I am, speak, or something like that. Please, I'm tired, y'all. Long week. Uh, Father, speak, your servant heareth. Or uh, here I am. We, oh, Father, uh, here's your servant. Uh, Father, here I am, uh, your servant heareth. Something like that, right? So what I'm saying is, what was I trying to say? You got to be present. God, here I am. See, see. The best ability, listen to me, the best ability is availability. God don't care how talented you are. God don't need your talent. He says, giftings and callings are given without repentance. He don't need your talents. The greatest skill set that a believer must have is the skill of ability, of availability. I'm available. You, God, God, <laughs> you're supposed to be like this with God. God, oh, hey, God. Hey, what's up? What you need? Anything? You good? God, hey, hey, God, hey, hey, I'm here again. Need anything? Oh, okay. okay. Just, just here. here, here. I'm here. I'm here. I didn't care about people who helped me in ministry. The most, the most, uh, the most, um, 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 the people that I cherish the most through my journey are those who weren't the most talented. Because talent comes with ego. You know what I'm saying? Talent comes with emo, emotions, ego. But a person who has a heart of service. Those people, those people, people cherish. And God loves us all equally, but he doesn't trust us all equally. And you got to be like, you can't be so caught up on, well, God, God will use me. I'm anointed. I have a way of, I have a way with words. I can sing. God can kill us. He'll lose, he'll, he'll use a young man who can't even put two notes together. And the whole church would be shaking, not because people are shouting, but shaking in repentance because that boy grabbed the mic. Because he was available. You can be the most talented person, but someone who has half your talent will outdo you, will outdo you because they've been more available to God. You have to stay mentally connect to his presence, be present in his presence. Number two, you have to install the right perspectives of life. Joy is a mindset. Coach, say it again. Coach, 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 speeding through, speeding through. I don't forgot what you, you type, type, type what you, what you want me to say again. You have to install the right perspective. Holy Spirit, install. Install the right perspectives in my mind of life. Because perspective brings peace. Perspectives, perspective is key, man. Perspective will have you count it all joy. Because I have the right perspective. I know why I'm here. I know that if I want to be there, I got to take care of here. You can't spill there without here. Everybody wants to get there, but they're not taking care of their here. You, you, in order to get there, you got to take care of here, 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 and now. Holy Spirit, install the right perspectives of life in my mind so that I can see why. That's how you protect your joy. Perspectives protects your joy. Number three, how to protect your joy. Stop pairing yourself. Oh, I got a bunch of peas. Here we go. Here go the peas. Stop pairing yourself with others. That's how you protect your joy. Stop pairing yourself. Stop putting yourself beside them and comparing yourself. Stop pairing yourself with them. No, that's how you protect your joy. I don't care what God is doing in your life because I don't even know if that's God doing it in your life. So if I don't know if it's God, I'm just I'm just focused on what God is doing in my life. That's all you need to do. 
But if you keep pairing yourself to somebody else, you will lose, you rob yourself of joy. Point number four, learn how to solve spiritual mathematical problems. And that's how you protect your joy. That's what the verse says, count all joy. You have to learn how to solve spiritual mathematical problems. You got to be able to say, okay, in order for me to have Z, X must be added to Y. Simple as that. If, if I want to have a God-fearing, God-honoring marriage, X plus Y equals that. This plus that equals that. This subtract it from this gives me that. This divided from that gives me that. No matter what the spiritual mathematical problem, you got to be able to say, okay, now the trial makes sense because I understand what comes with this platform. When you understand what comes with marriage, you you the trials make sense. Things begin to make more sense because you go, oh, because them, them 40 year marriages, those 50 years, they'll be like, yep, yep. I remember. I wish I went through that trial because that trial would have kept us from five years of almost contemplating divorce from each other. Right. So. Learn how to solve spiritual mathematical problems. Number five, how to protect your joy. Part ways with the wrong people and persuasions. Part ways. You're just a conditional, you're just a pursuit of happiness person. I can't rock with you. You don't have to say it so blunt like that. You just got to be able to say, you know what? I'm going to start going this way. And if me going this way have me losing you, then so be it. I have to part ways because you're, 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 um, you're, you're just, you're, you're, you're tempting me to be a lover of money. You're tempting me to be a pursuer of happiness. And, and, and you, and you're inner influencing me. That's why you got to watch who you listen to online. You know how to write and divide a word of truth for yourself and know not to get so entangled with other people's doctrines and opinions where you're able to say, you know what? I can't listen to them no more because they're not giving me the whole counsel of God. And it's leading me to be in a, in a state of seeking happiness, right? So you have to part ways with the wrong people and persuasion. So I can't watch them no more. I can't be. If you hear me start talking crazy and you start saying coach ain't really vibing with the text anymore, turn me off, yo. Turn me off. Number six, how to protect your joy. Pray and praise always. Pray and praise always. What that means is I'm always in a state of praise because God is good. I'm always in a constant conversation with God. I keep my joy because I'm always in his presence. I'm talking to him. God, what you think about this? I, I was coaching a young man yesterday and we had a powerful session, man. And um, I told him he was asking me questions along the lines of um, what am I trying to say? What was my point? We were talking along the lines of. Um, oh, he said, how do I spend time with God, coach? Because he was like, when I read my Bible and I do these different things, it's, it doesn't feel good. I said, well, number one. Um, fellowship with the father shouldn't be about feeling. It should be about his faithfulness towards us and the facts of that. But I say, you know how I spend time with God? <clears throat> I, I have creative sessions with him. So instead of me just going to God and just reading my Bible <laughs> and doing my devotions and, you know, oh, well, okay, cool. That's cool. But what I learned was to bring a clipboard and a piece of paper. I'm like, God, I got five messages to talk about this week, man. What you got for me? What you got, God? What's up? See, what happens is a lot of preach, a lot of people, they do creative things without the creator. So they don't need time for the creator. And if you do that, you don't, and you, if you get so caught up in your creative endeavors, you definitely don't have time for God. 
right? But when you say, I don't want to do anything without God's intel, you open up more time to spend time with him. So when I come to God, I, I, my purpose brings me into his presence. God, I don't want to preach now. You don't want me to preach, period. So what happens? I'm always with him. I'm in book mode all the time. I'm in purpose mode all the time. So when you're in purpose mode, you're always in presence because you'll be like, God, I don't want to do this without you. Noah had to be in the presence so that boat won't sink. You know what I'm saying? But you have to be a pursuer of purpose to open up more room for you to engage in the presence of God. Next thing you know, you look up, you know, spent two or three hours with God. Notebooks full of ideas pursuing your purpose. Let's keep going. So talk and be thankful about him always. See what I'm saying? Last but not least, number seven, how to protect your joy. And I might stop here. Have self-perception or self-awareness. Always stay in a self-awareness mode. What I mean by that is be constantly aware of uh, subtle idolatry, subtle insecurities that try to creep in. I'm already, I'm already pruning myself of the insecurities of having children. I already peeped game. I'm on it now because I, I don't know what, I've never seen a father before. My dad's a great dad, don't get me wrong, but I didn't grow up with him in the house, right? So there were natural insecurities, especially when I got married, those natural insecurities rose up. You can't control the rise of an insecurity, but you can't control the release of insecurities. No matter where you go in life, insecurity is going to rise. Am I good enough? And then you go right back into who you are in Christ. And you'll be like, the Holy Spirit, I met the Holy Spirit here, even though I'm in here. He made this for me before I was even made in my mother's womb. So when I get to that place, the one that made me and made the place will, will, will teach me how to be that. So that's what we have to understand about self-perception. Am I allowing anything to cause me? To, to, to walk in insecurity, to walk in idolatry, to walk in self-righteousness. That's how you protect your joy. <sighs> how to enjoy your singleness. Get through this real quickly. Okay. Because the word of God is what the meat is. These are just breads. What I'm giving right now is just bread. The word of God is the meat. So whatever you got from the word of God, that is what's going to get you. These points are great. But I'm, I don't have to feel bad about rushing through these. I may make other videos that go with them. But the verse, the verses was the meat for the day. I'm just putting the meat in between some bread right now. How to enjoy your singleness. Enjoy God and embrace your freedom with him. Enter his joy. Enter it. Mentally, enter it. That's how you enjoy your singleness. Enjoy God. I, I enjoyed God in my singleness. We had great times, man. Oh, man, me and God had great times. I was able to write six books in my singleness. Well, hold on. That, the kid, the children's book I wrote while I was married. So I wrote five books in my singleness. You know what I'm saying? It was great. We had great times, man. So now my singleness is sealed. It's sealed. We, 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 uh, it was great. Now I'm excited. to. So, so what I'm saying is that when you enter God's joy and your singleness, you would be like, wow, singleness is amazing. And then when you get married, you will look back and be like, that's sealed. We had great times back there. But now I'm going to turn my back to that and enter and stay in God's joy as I go to the next level. So in order to enjoy your singleness, you got to enjoy God. Get to know him, man. Love on him. What that means is ask him, talk to him, acknowledge him, watch him supernaturally, observe his faithful goodness towards you. That opens up uh, your heart to be more um, willing 
to spend time with him and embrace your freedom in him. Embrace your freedom. Bro, when you get married, you lose some freedoms. Simple as that. Like I told you in one of my past videos, I learned very early on in marriage that I can't take midnight trips to the store. And when I, my wife first got mad about it or uh, or, or, or upset about it, not mad, upset about it, I thought she was just doing the most. Until the, until the Holy Spirit sat me down and was like, no woman wants to be home by herself at midnight, Josh. Boom. Boom. So what I started doing was I asked her, babe, I feel the urge to go on an 11 p.m. run. Do you want to go? If she said no, I'll go in the morning. She doesn't mind being alone when it's morning or afternoon, but you can't leave her alone at midnight. But I didn't know. I was single. Single. I still had a single mindset in that area. And then I was like, wow. So, but I'm, I'm okay with losing that freedom. You see what I'm saying? Because now I have my helpmate, right? And so what we have to understand is that as a single person, you have freedoms that you will lose in marriage. So enjoy it. Enjoy time to yourself. Enjoy only having to cook for you. Enjoy for only having to do laundry for you. Enjoy where you don't have to worry about being held up late at night having conversations. Enjoy it, fellas. Enjoy it, ladies. Because you're going to lose certain freedoms when you get married. And you should be at a place of maturity where you're okay with losing those freedoms. But what sucks is losing those freedoms and didn't really get a chance to fellowship with God in your singleness and produce what you need. And now you lost freedom. And now you got your wife fighting for your attention, husband fighting for your attention, because you're still trying to do the assignment of your single years. So right now. When my wife, if my wife coming right now and said, babe, I just want to spend time. Hey, I love y'all. We got to go. My wife's singing. At a, my wife is singing at, at, at choir rehearsal right now. So as soon as she comes through the door, as soon as I hear through the door, I'm done. Bam. I got my coach hat on. And then, so the thing about hats as a man, fellas, they just go like this. They don't come off. They just rotate. So right now I got my coach hat on. I'm coaching. Wife comes in, swap the hat. Just swoop. Here comes a new bib. I'm a husband now. I'm, I'm always a husband, but now I'm in coach mode. Wife come through the door, prospect priorities. Oh, y'all, I love you. You know I do. You know I do. But my wife just walked in the door. Whoop, husband caps, let's just slide over. Husband, whoop, slide over. Coach, whoop, slide over. I'm uncle, whoop, slide over. I'm son, whoop, I'm, so, I'm brother. I never take them off. You just rotate them. But that's something I learned. I was like, wow, God, you're something else, bro. That's why you got to always be willing to learn in every situation, be content, etc. <clears throat> How to enjoy your singleness? Pursue your newness in him. Pursue your newness in him and start saying no. How to enjoy your singleness? Pursue your newness in him. Pursue your newness. You'd be like, man, um, man, what, what else about myself? Does God see in me? Like, how, how far can I take my integrity? How far can I take my character? How far can I develop myself? Because when you get married, you're going to mature, but you want to be ready. Or when promotion comes, you want to be ready. So how to enjoy your singles? Pursue your newness in him. <clears throat> Excuse me. And start saying no. Pursue your newness in him and say, you know what? Okay. I'm not married. I'm single. 
So what I'm going to do, thank you. I'm going to grow in wisdom, understanding and knowledge of the Lord. And I'm going to grow in wisdom, understanding and knowledge of my life, of who I am. That's fun. I always tell people your greatest project is you. You can, you can become your best self. And if you want uh, 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 the God's best, you got to be your best. See what I'm saying? Because best know how to take care of best. You know what I'm saying? Average can't take care of great. Average people can't take care of great responsibility. They can't. They're average. Only great people can take care of great responsibility. And so that's what you do in your singleness. You enjoy it by saying, you know what? I'm going to pursue the newness that God has made. I'm going to pursue it. The newness, the, 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 the constant growth and learn how to say no. Enjoying your singleness is no. No is a complete sentence. Just say no. Hey, I can't hang out with y'all because I'm in my purpose, man. I'm vibing with God. I can't, I can't spend time with y'all. <laughs> with Spider-Man, uh, with, great, with great responsibility comes great something, something. But when you say no, you're saying no because no is one of the top vocabulary words of self-care. And if you know you are an heir, you will take care. When I'm an heir of God, joint heir of Christ, I'm too busy. <clears throat> no, I don't like the word busy. I'm too productive. I, I got to say no. Let's keep going. How to enjoy your singleness? In other words, it has personal development and forgive yourself. In order to be new, you got to forgive the old you. See what I'm saying? In order to forgive you, you got to forgive. In order to become new, you got to forgive your old new or your old you. How to enjoy your singleness, Jay? Unearth the jewels God has hidden in you and produce them. Unearth them. That's how you enjoy it. Man, time went by like that. Do you know I've been in ministry for 12 years? And it feel it feels like five. 12 years go like that. You know why it went so fast to me and 12 years go so slow for others? You know how time can go fast for others and slow for others? It's all about production. So if I'm writing book after book and every year my goal is to release a book, Boom, once the book done, boom, boom, back in book mode. Boom, 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 card game. I mean, I'm, I'm working another one. I got, do you not know I got 47 book ideas right now on paper? Not done, but titles, concepts. I got 17 card game. I, I that's, the next, that's, the, that's the next 50 years. So I will be writing until 80. Sometimes I might, I might be writing two books a year. Who knows? I'm working on two right now. So what I'm saying is time goes by fast when you are producing, productive and producing. That's what singleness is for. Trial and errors. It's learning yourself. It's developing your purpose. It's, it's going from one thing to the next thing, right? Learn, oh, uh, unearth those jewels. God, what did you place in me? What did you hide in me that I can be productive on? Unearth the jewels God has hidden in you and produce them. That's what I did. I'm not trying to say be like me. That's not what I never want to be that type of preacher. That's like, if you do what I did, you'll have a great life. No, no, no. Follow the principles that I follow. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Follow the principles. Don't follow the person. Follow the principles. The principles may take you on a different path, but will you get to the same place, right? <clears throat> follow the principles is what I'm saying, not the person. I never want to put myself in light that you be like, oh, coaches want us to be like him. No, I don't want you to be no Ezite. No Ezite. I don't want you to be no Ezite, okay? Unearth the jewels God is hidden to you and produce them. And a second, Jay, just be with you sometimes. Just be with you. Don't have that FOMO, man. Fear of missing out. So many people during this pandemic, they hated it. I loved it. <clears throat> people hated the pandemic because it was like, they don't, they don't know how to be alone. I love being alone. I love being with my wife. I love being alone. I don't be like, where are you going, babe? Oh, can I, I'll come. Put, 
hold up. I'm scared to be with myself. No, no, no. No demons torment me. So I don't mind being by myself. I got nothing tormenting. I, I love being by myself. That's right. Take yourself out on a date. Date yourself. In your singleness, you should be dating God and yourself. Dating, dating doesn't mean you kind of like dinners with God. I'm not trying to get that weird. I ain't trying to weird you out. But dating God says, this is a day on this date at this time. I'm just going to go to the park and vibe with God. I'm going to go to this restaurant. Listen, one thing about me and my singleness, I used to, people used to laugh at me. Where are you going, J.E.? What you doing, Josh? Where are you going? I'm going to a restaurant. Oh, who are you going with? You on a date, coach? Nah, I'm just going by myself. People thought it was strange for me to go. I would go to, and I used to go to this place called um, uh, uh, Skylands. <laughs> and the average person that goes to that restaurant is over 60. <laughs> but man, they had some good size, man. I would go to Skylands. I had a birthday party at Skylands. We're talking about where people who are 60-year-old and older go eat. But one thing about me, if you got good cornbread, bro, you got good macaroni and cheese, you got good black-eyed peas, you got good lima beans, I don't care if I'm the youngest person there. I'm going to Skylands. And BD used to call me all the time. J.E., what you doing, man? I'm at Skylands. <laughs> I got some uh, beef tips over rice with some, with some black-eyed peas and macaroni and cheese and a good cornbread and their uh, complimentary soup. <laughs> One thing about coach, I, hey man, I used to be that with guy with a notebook, eating at Skylands, writing. Brought my laptop to Skylands, man. Listen, I, I dated myself. I dated God. You know what I'm saying? Not, not hear what I'm saying. I on dates, days of the week, I spent time with God in ways where it was it was refreshing. So it was like I'm with God no matter where I'm at. Every day is a date with God, but at least make every day a date for yourself. And take specific days where you go out and treat just get cute, get handsome, go out. It's not, people can laugh at you. <clears throat> Think on the goodness of God while you're eating some um a burger and fries. It's okay. I it wasn't weird for me. Maybe maybe weird for you, but it definitely wasn't weird for me. I was straight, bro. I was straight. Ain't nothing wrong with going to Red Lobster by yourself. Them but them biscuits. Come on, man. All those biscuits yours. You don't gotta worry about him eating all the biscuits. Come on, man. Fellas, go out by yourself. Enjoy. Enjoy paying for just one meal. Because <laughs> when you get a girl, you're going to be paying for two. So now you'll be able to say, when I go on a date for myself, when I go take myself out, man, I can get I can get two omelets now. <laughs> so the price, and pre pre prepare yourself. Order double when you buy yourself and get yourself used to paying for two. I'm just joking. That's how, that's how I did it. $20, $25, $30 budget. No, I'm joking. I'm just joking. How to enjoy your singleness? Just be with you sometimes. Another J, and unjoin certain groups. Unjoin certain groups. But like, you know what? This ain't good for my mental health. This ain't good for my single health. I got to y'all. And, and, and watch out with being around young married couples, man. One thing that aggravates me is when couples want to spend time with me and you're not a purpose-centered couple. This don't happen often, but but I'm just saying, like, you got to be about something for me to for me to take time away from my life. To, so what I'm saying is, you single people, watch out for those married people that's trying to be like, uh, I can't wait with man get married, bro, so we can hang out, bro. Girl, get a man so that we can double date. Don't let them young whoopersnappers pressure you into relationships, make you feel bad about your singleness. You might have to unjoin that friendship, man, and be like, hey, man, I, I can't because y'all got a weird immature viewpoint on relationships and some people all they want to do is kick it I, I i can't be a kick it person 
I can't kick it in my single life. We kick it all the time, playing video games all the time and not getting nothing done. Then I get married and you get married. We homeboys get married. Now we kicking it. That's why I'm thankful for BD. BD, we, we, we kicking it cool, but we got purpose together. Right. Good guys podcast. So what I'm saying is like, I can't be around people that just wants to hang out, hang out, hang out for what? What are we doing? Are we get what are we doing? I can't just hang out. Uh-uh. Oh, how to enjoy singleness? Own your time and pursue ownership. That's how you enjoy it. Own your time. This is, I tell people, you spell time. This is how you spell time. You spell it L-I-F-E. That's how you spell time. Life. Because your time is your life. That's how you spell time. You don't spell time, T-I-M-E, even though you, that's how you spell time. I'm just trying to metaphorically um, get you to understand that life is time. Time is life. Own your time. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, my wife must be out of practice. She over there smiling facing. She must be done singing. She on the way home. So, you know, my time is short. She's probably, she's, oh, she's saying good stuff. Huh? She's probably choir rehearsal is about over right now. And so basically let me know you got 20 minutes. <laughs> she's like, you got 20 minutes. I'm on my way home. So y'all only got about five, 10 minutes left of my time now. She's on her way home. Time to go. See what I'm saying? <laughs> y'all better, y'all better, y'all better enjoy it now. Because in about 15 minutes, I'm out. Right? Even though she's not like that, I'm just joking. But that's just the mindset of a husband. A mindset of a husband just say, I'm free for anything. That's why, fellas, listen up. Most of the work that I do is when she sleep. So what I've learned early in my marriage is that at least lay in the bed with her until she falls asleep. She's gracious enough. She'll be gracious with me where she'll be like, I know you're working. But I try to, I'm learning. I'm growing into... Wait till she, well, I do this anyway. I wait till she fall asleep and then I go work because then my, I can swap to uh, uh, work, work, Josh. Because when she sleep, I don't got, I don't got to worry about being a husband. I'm a husband, husband hat. I'm a husband, but I swirl the hat to work mode. She sleep. I show because you, honey, do this, honey, do this, honey, do that. You know what I'm saying? Got to be ready. In season, out of season. All right. You got to own your time, man. Own your time. Own it. And, and get into ownership. Start a business. Own your ideas. Own your intellectual property. Copyright your stuff. Understand, be creative and own it. Because you can't get residual income. Well, you can. It's called a job. That's residual income. But you can't get other streams of income without ownership. Right? So how to enjoy it? Learn how to own your time and pursue ownership. Last but not least, why? Yield your plans to God and enjoy your single years. Here's my plans, God. I yield them to you. That's when your singleness becomes great, man. And then God opens your mind and say, man, now you can really vibe in this season right now, right? Yield your plans to God and enjoy your single years. Enjoy your single years. First, you yield your plans to God here. Many other plans in a man's heart, but it's a purpose of the Lord that prevails. Many other plans in a woman's heart, but it's a purpose of the Lord that prevails. Find his purpose. Then you start finding yourself prevailing in life. It's hard to prevail in plans outside uh, of God's veil. You see what I'm saying? So you got to yield your plans to God and enjoy your single years, man. Like I said before, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Um, Man, that's a good question, Zarblade. I'm going to save that because I want to. I love when there's uh, other authors in the building. And so I'm going to answer that question. Um, but yield your plans. You got to enjoy your city years because, like I said, you lose certain freedoms 
the more single you get. I do. Let me write that down. Uh, um, and y'all post anytime I do a live, I always go through the I always go through the live comments and the comments below. Any type of video ideas, any type of things you need help on, post them there. Say, hey, coach, here's an idea for a video. Coach, I need can you do a video on this? Okay. Say, coach, here's a video idea, or coach, can you do a video idea on this? And give it so because I'll go through there and I get video ideas from y'all. Okay. Holy Spirit leads me to certain ideas that y'all have, right? Now, what are the fruits of enjoying your singleness? Okay. Real quickly, and I'm and I'm done. I may do a Q&A if she's not home yet. Um, how, how, give me one second, I'm wasting time. How, the fruits of enjoying your singleness. The fruits of enjoying your singleness. F, you are more focused and specific. When you start enjoying your singleness, you become more focused and specific. You know exactly what you want. You know exactly what you need. You become even more focused because there's nothing like Eating the fruits of finished. Where my books at? Where my books at? Because people learn from visuals. Where my books at? Let me get these books, man. These books are these books are finished. They're done. These books are finished, right? I can't get no fruit from something unfinished. This book cannot produce residual income and residual impact if it's half done. This book cannot bring me residual income and residual impact if it was undone. This book cannot bring me residual income and residual impact if it's not done. This book cannot bring me residual income and produce residual impact if it's undone. This book cannot bring me residual income and produce residual impact if this book is undone. This book cannot produce residual income and produce residual impact if it is undone. So what I'm trying to say is whatever you focus on flourishes. So what I'm saying is the enemy doesn't want you to feel the feelings of finished. He doesn't want you to eat the fruits of finishing what God has placed inside of you. He doesn't mind you finishing things and doing things outside of God's will. But you have to understand that, that the fruits of enjoying your singleness mean you finish more things. Do you not know that the money I make off these books, the money that I make off of all the things that I, that the 11 revenue streams that God has blessed me to create and he has given is great access to my marriage? Oh, that's fireworks. I thought that my wife was coming in. That's fireworks. I didn't know if I had to get my fire to work. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Hey, nobody get that fuck. No, I'm what I'm saying is, you gotta finish, man. Because what you do in your singleness can help sustain your marriage. The character you build, the integrity you build, the patterns you build, the money that you make will help sustain. I'm thankful for the money that I get wherever I get it from because the young Josh worked. So one of the fruits of enjoying your singleness is that you're more focused and more specific. And you you get things finished. What are the fruits of enjoying singing? Number two are you have a better understanding of all of your relationships. You have a better understand. You have a better understanding of all your relationships. You have a better understanding of your relationship with God. You have a better understanding of your relationship with yourself. You have a better understanding of your relationship with others. You have a better understanding. Singleness is that season where you begin to understand and learn things, right? You begin to 
Oh, now I know what it's like to have a relationship with God. Oh, I know what it's like to have a relationship with self. Oh, I know what it's like to have like, proper relationships with the opposite of the man or with the woman. See what I'm saying? So the more you enjoy your singleness, the more you begin to recognize, yeah, that's how you have a relationship with God. That's how you relationship with yourself. That's how you have a relationship with others. You, one of the fruits of enjoying your singleness, a person who is enjoying their singleness, one of the fruits is you're unmoved or unbothered. You are unmoved and unbothered. You know you're enjoying your singleness. All your friends get married. You, you're not bothered. That's when you know you're enjoying your singleness. You, 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 you are able to really celebrate them. You, the fruits of enjoying your singleness, you're able to say, I'm unmoved by that. I'm unbothered by that. God has pruned all that envy, jealousy out of me. I'm in a place of not surviving my singleness, but thriving in my singleness. We got to get from survive. I'm just barely surviving my singleness. Doing for thriving. So that no matter who gets blessed, no matter who gets married, no matter who gets what, you're unmoved because you're focused on your thing. You're not moved. You're not bothered. Let's keep going. Of What are the fruits of enjoying singleness? I You've established your ideas and they are producing residual income and residual impact. That's when you know you're enjoying singleness, when your ideas are making room for you. When, when you sorry, when your gifts are making room for you. Singleness is where you master your gift. You don't got no wife, you don't got no husband. Dividing your time. As soon as you get married, your time is cut in half. Bam, already. Sometimes three-fourths. Cut. Bam. When you have kids, even that little bit of time you got left, boop, boop, boop. And now you only got that much time. But singleness, you had this much time. But you divided your time with unnecessary, senseless, unfruitful things. You know you enjoy your singleness when you are establishing ideas, mastering your gift, seeing your gift making room for you. And you begin to see, wow, it is producing income for me. Wow. My not my entrepreneurial nonprofit endeavors are producing impact. I'm feeling fulfilled. That's when that's the fruit of enjoying your singleness. Next point. What are the fruits of enjoying your singleness? Uh, T, you have more time for God and for family, and you have healthy thoughts. That's when you know you enjoy your singleness. You know the fruit, one of the fruits of enjoying your singleness, you have more time for God. God, what's up? What you got for me? What's up? Let's spend time. You make more time for God because God is, is in his presence. There's a fullness of joy, right? And you make more time for family. When you enjoy your singleness, you, you, you are there for your mom. You are there for those people. You are actually available to your family. Do you know, my sisters can tell you right now, my brother, and my sisters can tell you that during my single years, and I'm, I'm, they know, they know I'm adjusting now, getting married and they come into the house tomorrow. Pops, not all the Nigerians come into the house tomorrow. <laughs> The Nigerian side of my family, all they they coming tomorrow. And we ain't gonna have fufu. My dad may be disappointed because we don't know how to make fufu, right? But all the Africa's coming tomorrow, right? My Nigerian side, my Nigerian, my family, my Nigerian family, my family. When you're single, my my sisters and brothers, I was always over there. Tell, telling them about teaching them about God, man, telling them about things of life. And that in that period of my singles, I was able to have more time for my family, more time with my mom, more time. See what I'm saying? And you know, one of the fruits of, 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 of enjoying singleness, you have healthy thoughts. T, you have healthy thoughts. You're thinking healthy now. 
because the joy of the Lord is your strength, right? Uh. <laughs> hey, hey, my dad, it's, gonna, it's unfortunate we ain't going to have that either. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He'll be all right. We'll probably have some chicken wings, some, some pizza. He'll be good. And watch, he won't stay long. All right, y'all can stay. Y'all got no foo-foo here. <laughs> S, what are the fruits of enjoying your singleness? You're a better steward overall. You're a better steward overall and have developed transferable skill sets. Man, I'm a priest. I, I, I got a daily play for that transferable skill set. But you become a better steward. One of the fruits of enjoying singleness, you're a better steward. Better steward of your time, better steward of your money, better steward of your mind, better steward of your friendships, etc. And you begin to develop transferable skills. Like, <clears throat> I've learned so much in my singleness. I got, I, I, listen, I may be a master of people skills. I'm, I may be elite in people skills. I may be, I may have obtained and reached the levels of elite people skills. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, thank y'all for posting those video ideas. I will definitely look through them. Transferable skills as people skills. Uh, that's why my favorite scripture is I become all things to all men that I might win some. I, I, I love it. I love it. All right. So that's all I got, y'all, because it gets funny. This this things are acting up at the at the two hour minute marker. And I don't want to lose any content. But the book that sparked this movement is the purpose, the movement of uh, this course, the purpose signals. Are you whole or full of holes? These books are available on my website. I am unplugged.com. Um, let me get the website up for y'all. Uh, this book right here, Perfect Singleness, is a great book for those who are single and are and are, are preparing um, to be whole. Um, let's see what else I got. Uh, here we go. <clears throat> uh oh, so we got the purpose of singleness. Ah, oh, man, what am I doing? There we go. Purpose of singleness. My uh, children's book, as he says, as is for the students I serve. Great book for third graders and up. My first children's book, World War Me, a book on spiritual warfare. With uh, I got some clip, you know, got some things in the back, scripture in the back to help you process certain situations. It, that book teaches about the whole armor of God and how to stand in an evil day and endure. This book on soul ties, how to untie soul ties of who strongholds. This book right here is a great resource. Uh, for those who struggle with soul ties and strongholds, my first book, Unplug, which is my first book of the top things to unplug from. Great resource. This book is almost 12 years. It's probably 12 years old, man. That's my first book. Man, it's probably 11 years old. This book, Dating Prep, is a book that helps you date yourself and love your life forever. Great resource there. I got card games on my website as well. Um, but you uh, learn. You can learn more about what I do. Um, I help adults unplug and students unprepare. So you'll learn more about the kids mentoring program my wife has. The, the, the link is loading. There we go. Um, online courses. So you got a kids mentoring program. Um, there you go. The book there. My wife has mentor pro uh, mentoring program. Online courses. You can learn about uh, how to overcome procrastination. Uh, uh, I got a course on insecurities. That's what this video is for. Also, you can order your books there. You can also get your T-shirts. Uh, well, it's just purposely going to shirt. But I mean, we got other shirts like I'm Worth the Wait, um, Infatuation is Blind, Not Love, great movement shirts. Uh, if you want to book me for a speaking engagement virtually or personally when uh, things are lifted, you can book there. Also, you can, if you want to support, the Lord leads you to give. We'll, we uh, appreciate your generosity in ahead of time. You can give and donate there. If you want one-on-one -on -one coaching, you can reach out to me. I would love to coach you one-on-one -on -one during the summer. I may be coaching through the fall based upon time. 
Um, but you just kind of just uh, book a session. We got uh, spiritual coaching, value, self-esteem, transition, go through transition of life. Um, just click book session and uh, put your name, email, and the areas that you may need coaching, all that good stuff. And then put your budget for what you can uh, actually afford for the coaching. If I'm able to do it and at the times match, I'll customize a coaching session for you. All that good stuff. But that's all I got, y'all. Um, love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Make sure y'all can. Oh, let me answer my brother's question right here. And I'm out. I got two minutes to do it. What is the process of publishing a novel? Copyright and then professionally edit, proof edit, and then copyright. Well, there's two ways. You can go the self-publishing route, which I've done, or you can go the traditional publishing route based upon if you got a, a literary agent and how that works. Um, but the uh, publishing a novel, I do nonfiction. Um, so a novel, um, what I would do is uh, once you finish and a book has been edited, you copyright the book. So you own the rights to the, to the uh, content of the book. Uh, make sure you don't um, plagiarize anything, but be as unique and creative as possible. We're not talking about story ideas. We're talking about just actual components of the book. Um, email me, bro. Well, I'm going to do a book. I'm going to do a video, and I'm, my time is running out. Um, but uh, Fiverr is a great resource. Let me let me pull that up real quick. Fiverr is a great resource. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, okay, give me one second. Fiverr is a great resource to... Um, Probably saw some YouTube um, commercials about Fiverr. What's going on? Oh, here we go. Uh, okay, just go to Fiverr.com. Let me share it real quick. Share the screen. Uh, and then you can type in, you can look up people who are... Uh, okay, got it. Okay, gotcha. Uh, anyway, well, so you can just type in different things there, and you can look for an editor, proofreader, look at their... Um, uh, reviews and all that good stuff, but email me, fam, a lady or a gentleman. Email me. I may do a, a video or traditional book publishing. I will submit your uh, novel to a literary agent. Literary agent, you'll you'll have to probably pay them ten uh, percent of whatever deal they get for you. Um, but the traditional route is cool, a little bit more specific, and so it may be a longer process, but it's a rewarding one. Um, but that's the that's the vibe. That's what I got so far. But I love you. I gotta go. Um, books and courses, all that stuff on the website, card games on the website, coaching resources. I love y'all. See y'all next time. Peace.